Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Carrie Siggins. She's the CEO and chairman of Stone Age. Carrie, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here today. Yeah, excited to have you. So Carrie, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I live in Durango, Colorado. I run this amazing employee-owned company called Stone Age. Uh, We, our primary business um, is in the hydroblasting industry and people are like, what is that? Uh, We make uh, basically high-tech squirt guns on steroids. So, you know, your pressure washer that you use at your house to like clean your driveway off. Well, this is something that's much higher pressure, like 10 times the pressure. So our, our tools and equipment are used in refineries, petrochem plants, anywhere you use ultra high pressure water to clean. Um, so I love what I do. I'm also a mom, a wife, a speaker, and a writer, uh, among other things. <laughs> among, among many other things. Wow, that's terrific. So, you know, it sounds like Stone Age has a lot of different kind of applications. It sounds like there's a, there's a lot of different capabilities. Talk to me a little bit more about Stone Age before we dive into, you know, you, you being a writer as well. Sure. So, uh, so the company was founded in 1979. I always remember because it was one years old when I was born. Um, I'd love to tease founders about that. Uh, but now I don't get to like tease them anymore because I'm getting old too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was founded um, around developing a mining industry, uh, mining tool. Uh, the founders met at Colorado School of Mines, which is my alma mater, a really small but but prestigious engineering school here in Colorado. And uh, and they made a tool to drill holes in rocks with water, basically. Uh, and they pivoted away from mining, thank goodness, because mining is such a, a cyclical business and into industrial cleaning. Uh, when someone said, hey, if you can drill holes in rock with that thing, maybe you could drill you know, the plastic out of this pipe. And, uh, and that's how we pivoted. And so um, I came on board in uh, 2007 to take over for the founders. Um, we're employee-owned. We're actually 100% employee-owned. So we had this vision of broad employee ownership where all of our employees get to share in our success. And, uh, and we have what we call the own it culture here. You can see it all in my video or in my, uh, on my posters here behind me. Um, and it's very much about teaching people how to think and act like owners. So they have autonomy and, and power over their own work and decision-making, and then also get to benefit from the success of the company. That's fantastic. And I think this is a really great segue. You know, you and I have had conversations off camera kind of about, you know, your, your writing and your new book that's launching soon. Tell me a little bit about that. So yes, my book is called the ownership mindset, a handbook for transforming your life and leadership. And it's my journey uh, to figuring out how to be a leader uh, and run this kind of company. Uh, so I was hired when I was 28 and I had very little experience. The founders just saw something in me that they said, oh, we want to do something different with our company. We don't want a traditional candidate to, to come in here and, and become general manager and eventually CEO. So, uh, but I had no idea how to own it. In fact, um, the reason why I came to Durango, where we're headquartered, is to come back home to move back in with my mom because I had got myself in a little bit in over my head with substance abuse issues and 
and, and living beyond my means. And so it was kind of this reset around personal responsibility and understanding myself and really stepping into a leadership role. So the book is this journey basically from rock bottom, um, why and how I identify with work and why it's so important to find purpose and meaning in work. And then how do you lead your team or company to think and act like owners? So it's, it's really this handbook on, on, on how to do what I did. Oh, I think that's a fantastic story, Carrie. So if you, I mean, not, not to give the book away, but if you had to give one piece of advice, you know, to someone listening from, from the book or your own personal experience, what would that be? It really is this idea of personal responsibility that everything in, that you are responsible for everything that happens in your life. And I know that that can sound a little bit harsh and maybe overwhelming for people, especially because there are certainly things that happen to people that, that, that they did not deserve or did not ask for, you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing, but you still can be in charge and be responsible for your mindset and how you choose to react or respond to the adversities that we face in life. But if you want to change your life and change your situation, if you want to be happy and successful, you have to take responsibility for your life. You have to say, I am in charge of my decisions, my actions, my reactions, my attitude. And it's so self-empowering when you take responsibility because then you can change your situation. I think that's a great piece of advice. And, you know, it's, it's something that can often be lost and mm-hmm. people are quick to blame other people or, you know, play the victim as well. So taking that personal responsibility is so important. You know, that's such a good point. People often think that the opposite of personal response of responsibility uh, is, is irresponsibility. And it's not, it's blame. You are, when you don't take responsibility, you're blaming situation, you're blaming time, you're blaming another person, you're blaming yourself. And none of those things are empowering or you give your power away when it's somebody else's fault. And, and it's not to say that other people don't play roles. Everybody does play a role in a given situation. But if you, if you blame somebody or something, you really, truly um, diminish your ability, your power to change your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's a great insight, Carrie, and I really appreciate you sharing that. So, you know, kind of, kind of going back to Stone Age a little bit, um, you know, I, I know you mentioned that the, the kind of the different products, the different capabilities, kind of the growth of the own company, are there specific industries? Cause you mentioned a few different use cases for the application. So are there certain industries that Stone Age really kind of thrives in? Anything that's really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Our tools are used to clean the dirtiest of places. Um, And the really, the really cool thing about what we do and that people don't understand is that everything that we, that we use on a daily basis, right? The plastic in our mouse, the, the, the tires on our car, the gas in our, the gas in our car, the, the clothes that we wear, everything comes from an industrial manufacturing facility. And that production equipment has to be cleaned to be able to produce all of the materials that we use every day. And so it's really, we're really proud of keeping the supply chain running because without our products, it would be um, a lot more expensive. It'd be really difficult. We we wouldn't have what we have, what we have. In fact, when cleaning can't take place, things come to a screeching halt. So, you know, that's some of the, one of the things that we're really proud of. And so it's, it's our, our tools are really good for, for anywhere you'd use high pressure water to clean. And so uh, food processing, refining, petrochem, um, pharmaceuticals, shipyards, right? Like ships have to be clean. 
um, all of the piers on say the wind windmills in the ocean, like all of that has to be cleaned. So our products are really used in just a, a, a vast array of industries uh, any, and, and, and any place that would be really dirty, really needing to make sure that, that the material is cleaned well. That's, that's, where we, that's where we are. That's terrific. And, you know, I, Carrie, I know you mentioned before that Stonage is employee owned. So do you think, you know, I imagine kind of uh, this is a, uh, an open-ended question for you, but do you think that's one of the ways that Stonage is really able to stand out from its competition is really that mindset of owning it? Absolutely. Uh, our, we, we walk the walk. We don't just talk the talk. And I think that, that behavioral differentiation is really important and it's hard to compete with. And our employees truly care about our customers. They care about each other because it's their company. And so you know, one, of the, one of the best compliments I get is when a customer comes to visit us here at our headquarters in Durango or one of our branch offices around the world. And they say, ah, your employees, they, they're so proud of what they do. And they, they seem like they actually like each other. Can I get a job here? And so that kind of customer loyalty that's created because not just because we're solving problems, but because people can really feel that we're different. I think it absolutely has translated into why we're so successful. I think that's terrific. And, you know, I love, I love the growth that you have explained kind of, you know, from, from when you started back, I think you said in 2007. So kind of talk to me a little bit about the plans moving forward for growth. Yeah, so we're in the middle of a transition from a manufacturing company to a technology company uh, because this is a tough industry and there are skilled labor shortages in every industry. We really feel it because people don't want to do this work. It's tough work, dirty work. It's dangerous work. And so there's um, definitely an evolution going towards more robotics. And so we are building um, autonomous cleaning systems and a software platform that would be able to help measure all different kinds of things, eventually getting to where we can get to either predictive or even condition-based cleaning, which is the name of the game. Um, so we're in this really unique transition of just not manufacturing tools that you screw on the end of a hose, but these overall computerized systems um, that collect data that give our customers really helpful information on, on not just how they're cleaning it, but actually what's going on inside of that production equipment. So uh, we've got big growth plans and it really is a, um, a very much a, a technological evolution that we're going through. And, you know, you raise a really interesting point about, you know, the labor shortages. And I imagine, you know, that that was, you know, COVID impacted kind of the, the industry that you that that Stone Age is in. So that shift towards having that more technology base, you know, it, it makes that it's a lateral move. It makes it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit, Carrie, kind of not necessarily on that note, but do you often hear a lot of common misconceptions about not necessarily the, maybe, maybe the industry or maybe, maybe our stone age, but are there anything that sticks out to you that people think is, you know, true, which isn't necessarily accurate? Uh, yeah, a couple things. So one, I think that people think of cleaning as like glorified janitors and it's not, it's a, it's a craft what we do. Unfortunately, it's not seen as a craft, but that's one of the things that our industry association that I'm the, the chairman of 
the Water Jet Technology Association, what we're really trying to do is push for that to have it be a recognized craft uh, because it does, it takes skilled labor to be able to do this. It's really important work. So the idea that we're glorified janitors is definitely a uh, misconception that people have. Another one, we make a sewer cleaning nozzle as well that cuts roots and, and grease and all kinds of things out of, out of sewer lines. Um, so our products are used in every municipality, um, major municipality here in the US, all around the world really. And I think people don't, you know, when you when you drive by one of those big vacuum trucks that has looks like a crane that's going down into the manhole, it's a vacuum actually, um, or pushing water down, people are kind of like, ew, but you should be thanking those guys because you never think about your plumbing not working until it doesn't work. And we should be really grateful for those people who, you know, who do that work that is really, really important for keeping society running. And when you drive by them, instead of ignoring them or kind of going that Ugh, kind of thing, just go, man, thank you. Thank you. Because what you're doing is important because my sewer might not work if you're not doing that work. So those are kind of the two big misconceptions um, that I like to talk about because I mean, we, our, our industry is doing really important stuff, but because it's not glamorous, because it's really dirty, people, I think, diminish the importance of it. I think that, you know, I really love the, you know, you never realize how, how much you need it until you do. Right. Uh, And I imagine too, you know, that goes to so many other industries that you're talking about that, you know, when things get dirty, you, you know, it builds up over time and you don't necessarily realize the progression of it until it's too late. Right. And, you know, that can affect every industry, the functions. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's a really interesting misconception that you brought up that that'll definitely get our listeners thinking, but, you know, Carrie, as we start to wrap up this, this episode, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be advice, uh, anything that we didn't cover that you want to make sure that our listeners know? Uh, I am always filled with advice, uh, <laughs> probably too much. Uh, so, you know, I think there's maybe a couple of things, um, you know, one from this whole idea of the ownership mindset, if you're a leader or a manager, you can, you can teach your employees to think and act with, with ownership thinking, even if you don't own the company. And it really comes from giving them Um, autonomy to do their jobs, you know, set clear expectations, paint what success looks like, but, but give them space to do their jobs and recognize a job well done. When people feel like they have trust and they have power, they care more. They, they do take more ownership in their work, but if they don't feel like they have a boss or a company who cares about them, who gives them that autonomy, you know, they're going to get in trouble for making a mistake then it's really hard to own it, right? It is like, nope, I wasn't told to do that or I w- this is what I was told to do. And that's not owning it. That's not personal responsibility. So I really implore people to consider this idea of, of ownership thinking. Even if you're not an employee-owned company, you can absolutely lead that way. And uh, and that's what I write about in my book. And, uh, and so if there's anybody who's ever interested in in figuring out how to really build a team or a company like this, I'm always happy to to chat about it because I'm very, very passionate about changing companies and changing cultures. 
I think that's terrific. Well, Carrie, this has been a super insightful episode. I love that your breakdown of the industry of Stone Age in general, your new book coming out soon, Ownership Mindset. Here's a little bit of a plug for that. Uh, you know, I think this has been a terrific episode. I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you, Kelsey. It's so, so, so lovely to spend a half an hour with you today. Yeah, great to talk to you. Thanks. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.